Sometimes it feels like the world is against us. We have problems, issues that seem impossible to overcome. Is God gonna come through? Why is this so hard? When is this gonna end? Does God even care? Today, we remember how much God loves us. We are reminded of how much He cares. Romans 5.8 says God demonstrates His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And on the third day, He proved His love for us is stronger than death. Christ died for us conquered death for us, was raised to life for us. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. If He conquered death for us, then we can conquer anything through Him. Our greatest problem has been solved. Our greatest need has been met. And the greatest blessing has already been given. Today we celebrate. He is alive. He is victorious. He is risen. He is risen, amen. It's a glorious day. Isn't it a glorious day? Everybody say amen. amen. <laughs> hey, whenever I say something like that, just say amen. Say People start thinking we're Pentecostal or something. <laughs> you know, it's so important for us to celebrate this day. The problem is, is that we shouldn't be doing it just today. Amen. We should be doing it every day, not just on Sunday, every day. That he is risen, that he is alive, that he is living in us and the power that's in, that, that raised him from that grave lives in us. It comes to life in us. All we got to do is use it and trust in him. Now, if you're online and you're listening to these words and you're confused where you're at, this is First Baptist Church. Welcome. I'm Pastor Mark. How you doing? Let's just get our worship on this morning, okay? Let's celebrate our risen Lord. So some years ago, actually it was 19 years ago, my son Miles and I went out in, the, out in the woods next door and we cut down this little tree and made this cross for Easter. We put it up that first Lenten season when the, this church called me to be their pastor and, um, and we've used it every uh, Lenten season Easter since then. During this, the, the, the Lenten season, as we approach Easter time, uh, we just have this bare wooden cross that had that crown of thorns on it for us to look at, to, to remember our walk towards Easter, what Christ did for us. But today he's risen. He's not in the grave. He's not dead. He's not wearing that crown of thorn any longer. He's wearing the crown of gold. A, a crown that's, that's so valuable that, that we can't even comprehend. 
And so today, this part of our service, Leo, did you get somebody to let people out? So what we're going to do is we're going to come up one at a time. There's some flowers over here. Um, Lisa, did you have something? Were you going to come up here? So Lisa's going to come up here. She'll have the flowers for you. You just take a vial of flowers and you put it in the cross. And we're going to decorate this plain old cross to something beautiful. Uh, because that's what happened to our dead bones. That God, once we accept Christ, makes us beautiful through the Spirit of, of God. So, but before we do that, I need Brooks to come up. Because we are going to replace that crown of th thorns.
So our uh, scriptural reading this morning is in the Gospel of Luke 24, 1 through 12. And uh, if you read along, please do. If you don't, listen to what we say, or I say. And look at the characters. No different than us. You know, these characters uh, went about doing their everyday thing, even though their Savior had been crucified. And they were told of what was to happen and given a glimpse of what would take place beyond the grave. So as I read this, look at it. Listen to it. We get caught up, uh, me and Chris were talking out on the vestibule, and we were talking about China, and we are talking about conspiracy theories, we are talking about all kinds of things that... <laughs> we probably normally talk about in our daily lives, if, just if you watch the news. Uh, Chris and I both have a glimpse. We know what's happening. I believe he's saved. I know I'm saved. We know what our Lord's providing for us. And we can't get caught up in the things of this world. But we do. So as I read this, think of hope. Think of the hope we have in Christ. Think of your hope. And if you don't have hope, if you don't know that hope of Jesus Christ as your risen Savior, see us before you leave. You need to. So as I read this, read along. It says, But on the first day of the week, an early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they had found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene, Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping in, looking in, and he saw the linen wrappings uh, only. And he went away to his home, marveling at what he had happened, at what had happened. And may God add his blessings to the reading of his word. I love Easter. If you were here this morning, I mean, you already know that. Actually, if you've been through this walk, there ain't no better day to bring the reality of what Christ did for us. We go through our, our year, you know, muddling along. Why is it this is the only time we think about this? This is the only time where we think of what he did on that cross. I think we take for granted his death, the pain, the suffering, the rejection that he 
that he encountered, that he experienced on every level that we take for granted that he hung on that cross, drew his last breath, for, went to, to, again to the Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And yet, one day a year, we think about that. One sp sparse time in, in, in our year do we put emphasis on that. And then on Easter, that resurrection, that tomb was, was empty. Why? Why only one day? See, our heart you, should be beautiful, just like this cross, with the, no, with the known fact that, that he died and rose again for us, just like that video said in the beginning, for us. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't have to come down here, right? He did it for us. I mean, we look outside. It's a beautiful day, amen? Chilly, but it's beautiful. And see, I think that nature's seasons um, remind us of the seasons of life, don't they? We have the spring and the youth of our life, right? Spring, you know, it was where all the, the buds are popping and the trees are, are all getting their leaves back on. You know, it's, it's, everything is, is beautiful this time of year. We see all the wildfire uh, flowers um, that are so pretty around in, in Southern Maryland. You'll see the, you know, a, a, a patch of woods with, uh, with dogwoods and you'll see uh, all these purple trees. I don't know what those are. Maybe you guys do. Anyway, see the forsythia, and you see the little patches of daffodils and tulips, you know, just random places that, that, that we say squirrels did it, but we know God put them there, right? Then summer comes along, and then fall comes shortly after that. And then there's winter, when life seems to go dormant. And we know that once that weather's drops about 20 degrees, you know, or below, that sometimes when it lasts for a period of time, we feel like we ain't going to make it, right? Just gets, spring seems so far off. Well, I kind of feel like that that first Easter weekend, some 2,000 years ago, felt like winter and spring all in one weekend. Kind of like our weather here. On Good Friday, all hope was shattered. And as Jesus, the, the probable Messiah, was executed as a common criminal, it was like the bleakest winter day. Now, Leo just read that familiar passage of Scripture of, of that early in the morning when those women made that walk from that room that they were locked in because they were afraid Friday night and Saturday. But these women had to, to take care of the body of Christ. They had to give it a proper uh, pr preparation for his burial. And they walked in the dark. Now, if you don't know anything about Jerusalem at that time, the, the, that area, it was dangerous. There were thieves. 
There were robbers. There were people that just wanted to to cause harm and, and, and hate. And yet, they got out of their house in the dark. Women, not saying that you're weak, just saying that they were focused on on Jesus, walking to the grave to prepare it. Nothing had happened that long Passover Saturday. Every good Jew was, was at home, indoors for Sabbath. And some of them were mourning those terrible events of the day before. But on Sunday, spring burst forth. The daffodils and the Easter lilies, they sang out, He is risen. The empty tomb brought a whole new perspective. So consider then what that empty tomb means to us even today. First, Easter brings us hope. Now I find it interesting that in a male-dominated society like the first century Jerusalem, that God allowed the news of Jesus' resurrection to first come to a group of women. The details of the, of the resurrection story differ a little bit from gospel story to gospel story. Were there two men in the tomb or there was there one? Were, there, were they angels or were they men? Which of the women came out? The details are a little bit different, right? But that's just because they're different witnesses, you know. I mean, if you go to a trial, everybody has a little different story, right? But there's one fact that remained constant. The gospel reports that the first witnesses of the empty tomb were women. Now, sometimes people ask me, how do you know the Bible's just not made up? Right? And I ain't no scholar. You know that. One reason is that this kind of thing would have never made it to any fictional account from that period of time. Back then, women weren't even allowed to serve as witnesses in a court of law. So it's refreshing that God would choose this group of women, followers of Christ, to be the first witnesses of the empty tomb. The best witnesses. The men who were certainly angels presented this this shocking message to, to these women. And note that their their hearts, they turn from fear to this radiant hope as they recall the ways that Jesus had tried to prepare them for for his death and for his resurrection. And with the angels prodding, it all came back to them. It was as if the light finally turned on and everything made sense. Have you ever had those moments, especially with, with Christ in your life, when it just goes, Now, verses 11 and 12 tell us of of the reception that they got from the disciples after they they had ran back to the room. 11 and 12 says, And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, 
he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed wondering in himself at that which had come to pass. See, the disciples, they, they kind of discounted the, the testimony of the women. Maybe it was because they're women. Maybe it seemed like it was too far-fetched, you know, like it did, just didn't make any sense. It couldn't be true, right? But Peter had enough hope and or questions to go to the tomb and check it out. And he, just like the women, he ran. Pastor J.D. Greer writes, The men and women who went to bed in despair met the next morning with a surprising hope. The same hope that's available to us today. If Jesus is alive, he can bring the dawn of the resurrection into your life. As long as Jesus is alive, there is hope for you. Easter gives us hope. Hope that when we're at a dead end, that God can bring us through. Hope that no matter how alone we are, we're never to be lonely. Because he's with us. Hope that with God all things are possible. Easter brings us hope. The power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. And if you are a believer, if you are a believer with all your heart that Jesus is Lord, then, then you are going to have that resurrection. That's why he did it. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. So we have hope, but then we have forgiveness. Something supernatural happened on the cross that first Easter weekend. Not only did Jesus die this horrible physical death, but he also died a horrible spiritual death of sorts. All of the sins of humanity, all of them were laid on him. All of your sins, all of my sins. To the point where he said from the cross, Oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But Jesus, on that cross, went there willingly because of the love he had for you and me. Now, why did this innocent man have to die? Because none of us are innocent. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. Some of people out there listening to me right now don't think they know sin. God knows different. The only way that a holy and perfect God could be in a relationship with us is if someone took our punishment. Someone who never deserved such a punishment. Somebody who had no sin, who was blemish-free, 
And that was Jesus, his son. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We don't have to get cleaned up before we come to Jesus, brothers and sisters. Because that ain't ever going to happen. We come just as we are. Because he loves us completely just how we are. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm a shattered vessel. But only by his grace can I be put back together in a way that I can approach a holy God through him, with him, by him. Now, C.S. Lewis, he gave us this metaphor for the sacrificial death of an innocent in that classic children's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Narnia, you know what I'm talking about, right? Some people still live in Narnia. Anyway, that's a different sermon. There he told the story of that great lion, Aslan, who loved every child, even naughty Edmund. And he ended up giving up his life as a sacrifice in their place so that the curse of the white witch would be dispelled once and for all and the dreadful winter of Narnia would turn into spring. It's a beautiful story, right? But it's also a beautiful reality of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he willingly, he wanted to, he knew he had to lay his life down for us, paying the price for every sin that we would ever commit. So that we can say with the Apostle Paul in, in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's what we're supposed to do, right? We got this. We got a resurrected Christ. We're supposed to be walking just like that in the Spirit. Once we accept Jesus as our personal, for our personal Savior, God doesn't condemn us anymore. And if God doesn't condemn us, we can stop condemning ourselves. And oh, by the way, we shouldn't be condemning others. We can find the forgiveness each of us so desperately needs. And Easter gives us a fresh start. That resurrection is a new life in heaven for us. A blank slate, a do-over. Y'all like do-overs? I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have do-overs. Thank you, God, for that do-over, that eternal do-over. Easter brings us hope. Easter brings us forgiveness. And lastly, Easter brings us life. What do the angels say to the women in verse 5? Why seek ye the living among the dead? Indeed, why would they? Jesus wasn't dead. He was very much alive. The tomb was empty. They saw it. And when Jesus came back to life, he reversed the, that curse of death for all mankind. 
The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. The first Adam led us into sin and death. The second Adam led us into forgiveness and life. So that the Apostle Paul would later write in 1 Corinthians 15, 55. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? If you belong to Jesus, you don't have anything to fear. What's the worst thing that could happen to you? You could die, then you go to heaven. Brother Roy and I were just talking about that. You know, I love the words of Paul. If I live and serve Christ, that's good. I'm good with that. Gucci, two thumbs up. Right, Sawyer? But if I die, I, I worship God forever. It's a win-win situation. Right? You can't lose. Hmm. Going to heaven. One of the best-known verses in the Bible, of course, is John 3.16. I've come at this point in my life where, where it's not John 3.16, it's also John 3.17. They go together. They're companions. To understand the first one, just to, 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 to just hold on to that one, is incomplete. Because you've got to have both of them. For God so loved the world that what? He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and 317 for god sent not his son into the world to condemn it but that the world through him might be saved see the words whom whosoever has no qualifications other than everybody everybody has the opportunity for the resurrection And in 17, the world, the world not condemned, the world to be saved, the world who is who? Everybody. Is that clear? <coughs> Jesus went to the cross. He died. His blood washed away our sins. He was resurrected day, three days later that we celebrate today. Amen, amen, amen. He brings us life. He brings us eternal life. He brings us life to the fullest. Life that begins the moment that we believe in Christ. And it continues all the way through eternity. Now, Billy Graham died in 2018. But years before his death, he uttered this profound statement. I'm sure most of you have heard that, but it revealed his trust in the resurrection. He said, one day you will hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe it. I'll be more alive than ever. I will just have changed addresses. Now, changing to address these days is different because you don't know. That, that also is another sermon. But uh, address. The question is, is do you have that assurance? You have to ask yourself that. If you thought about that for one second, then we should talk. 
Because your answer, if you are assured, should have been, I know, just like Billy Graham, I know what my address is going to be when I leave this earth. If you don't know, well, you can change that address today. It's simple. You merely have to, to, to talk to God. There's nothing special about, about what you do in, in a church building. All you got to do is talk to God. You can do it in your thoughts. You can do it out loud. He likes it when you do it out loud, though. Here's my life. I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I need you, Lord. I need Jesus. Please forgive me. Forgive everything because what you did through Christ, what he did by stretching out his arms on that cross for me, is what I need. And I need you to show me the best way that I can live now. And then you start this grand adventure with God who loves you and forgives you and promises you never to leave you or forsake you. A resurrected Christ, our Savior. You know what makes, I mean, that's what makes him different than every other religious leader ever. All those other religious leaders, Muhammad, Hare Krishna, Buddha, whomever, their bones are, are, are turning to ash. They're, they're worm bait, right? They're just dead people. There is no body in the tomb. He's alive. He is risen. That's our Christ. We're the only religion that can say that. That our Savior lives. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Easter. We ask that you might bless our special meals today, our, our gatherings of, of our family and friends. And Father, we ask that you would please help somebody today trust their life to you for the very first time. Because you take away all the sins and you bring them eternal happiness. You bring him into an eternal family. Lord, help us to live for you every day. Help us to live with the power of the resurrection in our lives. Help us to live with hope, with forgiveness, with life. And Father, I ask that you would bless each man, woman, and child here today. All those that are listening. We pray, Father, that you are glorified in all that was done today. In the celebration of the resurrection of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you, we honor you, we praise you, we thank you, Jesus, for stretching out your arms on that cross. For dying with each of us on your mind. 
for being raised three days later and defeating death for us. Lord, thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We pray all of this in the precious name of the one that was resurrected. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. All God's children said, Amen. It's Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. Y'all going to get together. You're going to eat some food. I think we're eating pizza. Good new for tradition. you. <laughs> it's a new tradition. Some years ago, Christmas, we, we, we started eating Chinese. Maybe this year we're going to do pizza. <laughs> Whatever, right? It's not about that. It's about that. It's about the empty tomb for all of us. All right? So your challenge this week is really simple. Remember what today is about. In all of the all of the hoopla, all of the eating, all of the, 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 the playing around with the family. Remember why you're doing it. First of all, remember the Easter bunny didn't die for you. Right? Nope. But he would make a good stew. Amen. <laughs> Jesus did, but he resurrected. He was alive. He is alive. Keep that alive today. And then try to stretch that into tomorrow. And how about the next day? And how about the next day? And live the resurrection every day. Can you do that? Amen. You absolutely can. I know that you can. Now, we got a lot more people here than we had last week, so I'm going to make another announcement that I made last week. But last week, my mother-in-law, Miss Peggy, joined the church. So she's a member of our family. So, so we, only, we, didn't have, we didn't have as many people, so I, I figured I might as well just throw her under the bus. <laughs> so if you're here and you didn't get this chance to, to, to say, she'll be sitting up here for a little bit. Come, come up and slap. I mean... <laughs> Come up and welcome her to the church. <laughs> Mandy, would you close us today? Thank you. Peace, I'm out. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much today for bringing all of us together here to hear the message, Cross of Glory. And I just pray that that follows us into when we leave here and spend time with families or whatever it is that we're going to do. And I pray that... This message sits with us, like Pastor Mark said, every day throughout the rest of this year, lifetime, etc., etc. In God's name, amen.